Hello and welcome to a mini-sode episode of This Is High Brookster Rangers podcast. I'm Martin Douglas and joining me, my co-host tonight, Thomas McIntyre. Tommy, how are you? I am very, very well, thank you. I'm definitely not accepting the mantle of co-host. Right? You keep that <laughs> absolutely in your own pocket. I will do some talking because that's all I'm good for. Uh, but yeah, well done for getting over the, the uh, mini-sode. There, there we go. Um, it's not an episode, it's a mini-sode. Is it the same thing? I'm not entirely sure. Let's get cracking. Uh, yeah, good evening. We'll wait and see what Sam or Adam call it when they officially put it up on Twitter, whether it's episode 17 or mini-sode 1. It's just the two of us and we can we can make it if we try, uh, Martin. And every, every, every team, every successful team needs a, a strong spine. Uh, and, you know, we've, we've got rid of the, the kind of empty jerseys like Scott and, and William and all that and essentially we've thrown a bit down to Woods and Butcher um, or, uh, you know, McGregor and, and Goldson if, if, if that's only a cup of tea. So, aye, okay. Yeah, we're there. Good stuff. Are we just talking shite now to make up the minutes? Is that what we're doing? Well, I think I've been doing that since the very first podcast. <laughs> yeah, as they said, I'm, I'm pretty much a veteran at this now. Uh, no, 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 I was just pointing out why it's only just me and you and the rest of the squad aren't on the pitch. That's true, right. So just before we start, obviously last Friday there was the horrible incident in Glasgow with the stabbings at the hotel and a police officer that was seriously injured. Fortunately now he's um, on his way to recovery and I believe he's actually left hospital. PC David White, um, big massive Rangers supporter, but not just bringing it up because he's a Rangers supporter, but because the, the first responders went straight into the hotel, no questions asked, and the police have been coming under quite a lot of scrutiny as like. Yeah, and so that's a, so much for a, a mini. So uh, you start <laughs> off with a, a socio-political uh, question, which could which could take us down the rabbit hole. But listen, I'll be very clear. Obviously, horrendous incidents, people lost their lives, tragic circumstances, uh, and all those things that have been said and, and run over and, and call them inches and stuff like that. You're right. The police have taken a bit of a uh, a battering recently, and I think uh, you know I'd, I'd said on social media. Uh, that uh, you can speak all you want about police, police reform uh, quite legitimately, but at the end of the day, these people are putting their, their lives essentially on the line. And if they're not there, who else is going to do it? You know, would you have ran in? Would I have ran in? Would the listeners have ran in? Um, after you take away the badge and the uniform, it's interesting to then just think of David being a 42 year old guy who's married with two kids who saw a guy with a knife and went, that's that's my job, mm-hmm. that's what I do. And he could have called for backup and waited, didn't, he tried to step in to preserve life. Um, but again, uh, I come back to, once you strip away all the professionalism, that's just a human being putting themselves in harm's way and getting stabbed for the, for the trouble. So, and, and from what I've learned and what I know of David, I don't think he's the type that would want the word hero and all that bandied about, about him. But it's nice to see that people responded the way that they should in terms of highlighting the work that he'd done. And then the Rangers community as well, because he's a Rangers fan, you know, okay, that's, I'm sure it would be the same if it was other clubs and all that type of thing. Their fans would have rallied around. But Rangers fans rallying around to wish him goodwill, give him support. There's talk of, you know, attending games when he can or going to the stadium. There's a couple of other things in the pipeline for him and 
all that type of thing. So I think four lads, uh, Stevie over at four lads, uh, I had a dream he'd kicked some of that off as well. So mm-hmm. so I, I shout out to, to Stevie on that one. It's nice to see the sense of community coming together around about Rangers and around about somebody who really genuinely deserves it. There's no, you know, no gnashing of teeth with that type of thing. And I wish him and his, his family not only his speedy recovery, but also the mental side because he's been through some trauma and I hope that they, they get on with their lives as swiftly as possible. And we could go into a, for a whole new discussion about the the mental health side um, of a situation yeah. like that. But um, no, like you say, from everybody at this is Ibrox and the whole Rangers community, we wish David and his family a very, very speedy recovery. Um, but we shall move on to the kits that uh, were launched the other day. Um, Firstly, before we get into numbers and stuff like that, Tommy, just your reaction. Sorry, Martin, Martin, yes. what kits? What, what are you talking about? Did you not hear about it? No, Appar- not- apparently, they're being sold through Sports Direct, but we'll get on to that in a minute. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I like you did there. I like <laughs> but your, your, your first kind of opinion on the kits, would you think? Yeah, they're, they're really, really nice. Um, you know, Hand hand up straight away that I was on immediately and, and purchased purchased <laughs> mine. Going, uh, uh, you know, uh, that's 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 what you do if you can. That, you know, um, yeah, they look really really nice. Uh, the proof for me is always in the pudding. That a picture or something can look any way it wants. Um, mm-hmm. Once I feel it, once I put it on, then I'll be in a better position to tell you that. The style appears eerily similar to um, previous trips to Gorenzi, but. By and large, what are you dealing with? Well, you're dealing with a, a blue Chelsea and you want to get the red and white in there somewhere. There's only so many concoctions of that that you can genuinely get. But yeah, they look they look really, really nice. It was interesting to see the players uh, look really, really happy with them in terms of the fabric and the feel and stuff like that. It was probably for the wider Rangers fan base as well. It was good to see that they weren't, because I think there was just a wee worry inside everybody that they would be premium priced. Mm-hmm. But they were £60 for an adult jersey and that type of thing. So yeah, um, I think they look yeah they look really really nice and colours to the mast. You can they could have made a bin bag and stuck it in the jersey. They just pressed on it and bought it. You know what I mean? But um, no, it looks it does look like a, an absolute cracking a cracking top. And I like some of the little you know the Bill Struth comments and all that inside mm-hmm. the jersey. These types of little hints to our history. I'm obviously a big history buff of the of the club, so it's nice to see those little things. Um, as I said, players are really happy. Let's get them in our in our hands and on our on our bodies. Just one we shout out as well, I suppose, for the Castor website and the transaction process, which was actually really really clean, really really simple, really really nice. My my gears aside, um, <laughs> that was actually nice to to see. It was nice just to interact and go on and buy something. There was no hassle. Nice to have a. It speaks to the fact that uh, Castor are a digital brand. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where their home is. So they've they got that perfectly, perfectly right. Um, yeah, yeah, quite positive. The the only issue I find, and I find this for all football tops now, because um, I've got a stepson who one week supports Liverpool and the next week supports Borussia Dortmund and blah, blah, blah. So we spend a lot of money on football tops. See, yeah. for your, see if you're not a size, uh, let's say, medium. They're not very flattering now, football tops. See, in the olden days, during nine in a row and all that, you could buy a football top and it didn't matter what size you were. I can't get a football top to be comfortable anymore. Yeah, well, I think uh, I think the, the polite terminology is they, they don't do them in a relaxed fit. No, they, um, don't, they don't do them yeah. for fat bastards. Well, I, I wasn't going to fashion <laughs> it. Uh, so it's not quite clear. 
but yeah, I think more and more the strips have tried to make them a bit more fitted and closer to the, the, the players' jerseys and make people feel a bit more comfortable in them and almost have them as sportswear as well type mm-hmm. of thing. I think that's the kind of the trajectory of that type of thing. Um, I think Castor had said if you want a more relaxed fit, go up a size than you normally would. Yeah, yeah. So if you're a medium, buy a large, and if you're a large, buy an XL, and if you're uh, me, just keep buying the normal size because I'm I'm not going to put on anyway. So, um, <laughs> um, that, not because I have a diet tip or anything like that. I just yeah, natural. Um, but yeah, I think if if you're looking for that relaxed fit, go up a size. That seems to be the um, that seems to be the thing. And to be actually to be quite honest with you, since we've all been in lockdown, uh, even me, we might have been creeping up towards another. Size another size too easy to have a uh, some snack food and have a wee drink during the week actually during lockdown that's Tom's no well, well <laughs> since lockdown started i've still been working and i'm still out the house six days a week and i've put on a stone <laughs> so there's there's no excuse okay, for the lockdown. I've, re- I've referenced this in the podcast before there is no <laughs> money in siphoning petrol martin you oh, have there to is. go and for a different job Oh, that certainly is. Um, but uh, if you look really closely, you know, if, the, if the watchers look really closely on the, on the screen, that discoloration around Martin's lips is red diesel. Yes. Where he didn't get the funnel <laughs> quite correct. Yes. And he's been quoted in it. Anyway. <laughs> you called Alan McGregor. <laughs> right. So. Just on the kits as well, I believe that the Castor actually sold out. I believe there's over 50,000 jerseys sold as well. And if we take it back to, um, we'll come on and talk about season tickets in a wee minute as well. But with everything that's going on coronavirus-wise, a lot of people losing their jobs. For the Rangers support to stump up and spend a lot of money. I know, like you say, a lot of people were thinking it was going to be really expensive. But £60 still expensive for a, for a football talk. Of course, yeah. And then you've got kids' tops, you've got the training tops, you've got all the other gear that comes with it. To have over 50,000 jerseys sold is quite remarkable within 24 hours. Uh, yeah, and, and just, just to you know, pair back onto that, absolutely £60 is still a lot of money. I, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting it any, any otherwise. I just think that there was a worry that it was going to be yeah, yeah, everything yeah. a premium. You know, um, uh, I, although I did chuckle at Castor's website, you get free free delivery of orders over one hundred and fifty pounds. Um, <laughs> but, uh, let's let's put that one to maybe one side. Um, yeah, so I think the the actual number it wasn't over fifty thousand. I think the first run, the first print, if you like, is fifty thousand, mm-hmm. and that's right. gone. You're right. absolutely right, uh, and that's UK and international sales. Cause I think it was opened up obviously globally as well. So you know, yeah, f- phenomenal. Like you say, in the current climate where people are. Um, money's not you know washing about everybody's there's been tough times for everybody as well mm-hmm. and coming off the back of you've had my jails and season tickets uh, you know just been just been paid for as well for a lot of people then the people really did dig, dig deep for the club and repaid the faith that um the club has put in cast over and, and vice versa you know the the money they've paid up up front as well so uh, really good business for Castor they've, they've now essentially made the <laughs> down payment immediately back and yeah it's it's a really positive vision again although it's not particularly surprising because no we know what got right in it even from Puma all the way through Umbro and and all this type of stuff as well um some of the horrendous jerseys that have been in there recently <laughs> uh, I take you back to my bin bag comment that 
they just get bought, you know, uh, and that's the thing. But yeah, essentially, I think the, the, the thing for me was essentially 24 hours. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, gone. And, and the majority of that was in the first 14, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal. You know, Castor will not have seen anything like that ever. Right. Mm. It's as simple as that. Uh, welcome to the football market, but really welcome to the Rangers market. It, uh, you get it right and you land it and it's decent quality. You're, you're going to see it fly off the shelves. Right. Well, well I, I, I could um, name a couple of teams, but oh, I won't name them, but I'll just leave it hanging that maybe had to extend their opening period for selling shirts. But I won't name any names, you know. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I take it as those those that wear their shirts to weddings, funerals, and everything else in between. But uh, could yeah, not possibly comment. Yeah, less less shirts and, and more tattoos. Yes. Essentially, uh, because they never come off. But yeah, I mean, we go big because we're Rangers, and the fans always do that. Um, so it's it's hardly hardly surprising in any way, shape, or form. And it's great for a commercial perspective, and it shows the the correct view that people like James Bisgrove, etc., had brought by bringing Castor to the table and giving them the the, the contract. So yeah, long long may it continue. Uh, and again, Rangers have a kind of maximum or retain maximum royalties out of that particular deal as well so it's all to the good of the club and essentially helps us on the pitch so yeah nothing nothing but good reports there whatsoever just a wee a kind of end to that um because I, I just happened to be looking at this the other day so people wearing the jerseys essentially you've went from liverpool where it's drafted up to the mills in italy where there's discussions about designs to the factories in Portugal where they're put together back to Scotland, back to the UK and up into Scotland to wear it. Next thing you're playing fives or sevens. So that's the journey of your uh, of your jersey, so to speak. Not made in China? Definitely not made in China. <laughs> no, it's mostly, I think, Portuguese, Portuguese manufacturer, but Italian mills and, and design as well in there. And obviously the conceptual stuff is, is over at Liverpool in the headquarters but that's essentially the the journey that your jersey has taken to allow you to wear the rangers crest on your chest now talking about journeys if anybody listening isn't on twitter and has never seen rangers twitter then i advise you to get on there and have a look because rangers twitter can be the most phenomenal and funny place and then turn into the most crackpot place five minutes later (laughs) and as you go on to twitter as you go on to Twitter, just search this as iBrooks and hit follow. Um, but, Tommy, last night... Martin, I need to, I need to interrupt again. My, my apologies. I generally don't do this on the podcast, but you'll excuse me, I do. I've got slightly sore throat uh, this uh, this week for some reason. I uh, can't imagine why. So I will have to be um, taking some, some water. Uh, I'm going to say it's water uh, whilst, whilst we're doing this. I hope you appreciate the fact that it's in a nice blue bottle. Yes, well, you do that Well, I try and remember what I was saying. I timed it perfectly. <laughs> but, uh, the, trick, the, trick, the trick now is, Martin, to, to make it look like a ventriloquist thing, but I'll drink the water and you say the words. Uh, right. That's, that's how right, go for it. So on Twitter, we were all buzzing about the shirts being released. We were all having a good time. And then Sports Direct make a little announcement, Tommy, and the ship... The shit just seemed to hit the fan in the space of two minutes. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you're, you're absolutely spot on in, in your references to, to Rangers Twitter there. But I suppose a couple of things. 
uh, in there to, to break it all apart and not conflate different different elements here. So, so I'm just going to have to interrupt you. I'm just going to have a wee smoke I'm and smoke pen. Okay. That, damn you. Interrupting. This is supposed to be a professional podcast. <laughs> I don't have interrupting. Uh, I am. I'm, I'm livid at that. Uh, but yeah, so not to conflate a lot of things and try and get our head around it. Sports Direct, so the background, just in case anybody wasn't aware, Rangers massive kit launch with Castor in the morning, the 8am Igel's uh, email, which you could take a position, wasn't really worth it, but uh, the nice video launch, the launch, you know, at the stadium that some fans had won tickets to as well, which was great. The constant updates, the, the good news around about that, the new era that we were stepping into. And then I think it might have just been after five o'clock in there somewhere. Out drops this <laughs> this little uh, this little torpedo from from Sports Direct's official account that you know talked about next season or this season I should say being really important for stopping ten in a row and that type of thing and look out for exclusive Rangers exclusive kits heading heading the SD stores uh, which rocked everybody everybody took a step back and said not again not again is that a tank on the on the lawn. Uh, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's not. So let's be let's be very clear. Like that's the background, and so let's be. We're taking a beat, and now we go into it, which is David Graham and his PR team over at Rangers made a bit of a howler with that. That's yeah. a story that they quite clearly should have been on top of. That's a PR gaffe, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you know. We all know David and his team have done really good things, and they've made good strides, and they've been front foot, and we've all been really you know impressed with all that, and. Um, that's that's all to the good, and David's been very open with some of the fan media aspects and all that as well, which is which is all to the good. But that's a that's a blunder. It was very silly, and it, it, they should have been across it. So I'm not going to you know attack David and his team too much, but yeah, bit of a bit of a one on one spanking there, I suppose, from a, a head scratch. We should have got that. And it's annoying because what it did was the message was a new era. Mm-hmm. And by not being across that, it allowed the old era to taint the message of the new one, because everybody was sitting at the end of that day going, "Not sports direct again, surely not." And some of that message really got got washed away in terms of the new era stuff. And actually, more more frustrating for me personally, it allowed sports direct to make it all about them, mm-hmm. which was really really annoying, really annoying because you know, we deserve to be away from that now. We've we've slogged through that. So I think just digging into some more of that, our official contract with Sports Direct, their contract, the one that everybody, you know, has had nightmares about with the, the matching clause, um, runs out on the 31st of July. So a couple of weeks' time. Sports Direct did not exercise the matching clause or did not match Castor's deal. So that original deal that runs out on the 31st of July is by all accounts absolutely dead, right? No ifs, no buts, no maybes, no half-truths there. So that is just us and Castor now having a contract. Castor, in their right, have also got distribution chain rights that they want to make sure that the strips are out there as much as possible because ultimately they want to sell more because they get more profit and so do we, right? So they've got some wholesale responsibilities there and they've went to the wholesale market. Who's the biggest retail footprint for sports in the UK, in terms of square footage and uh, shopfront, 
Sports Direct, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So they've sold them wholesale to them, which gives Sports Direct the the, the absolute right to to sell them. Now, given that they've been sold wholesale, Rangers still retain, retain again those maximum royalties. And that's on top of the three million pounds that Castor gave us up front, uh, and then you know whatever we receive for in terms of bonuses for more more uh, sold. But that three million is already in the bank. That's already done. So that's light years better than the the original SD deal anyway. So all of that's really good news. Uh, and ultimately, and I think you know we put this out on the this Zybrox Twitter feed and and the website. Uh, you know, don't be a mug. Uh, don't mm-hmm. be a giant mug. Uh, and <laughs> you know the, the simple equation here is buy direct, go online and buy directly from Castor. Get yourself down to the mega store when it opens in August, uh, or some of the other sites that Rangers and Castor have identified and will be opening soon across Glasgow, for example. Um, and buy. Just don't wander into a sports direct and buy it from there. So yeah. that's it. Very simple. This time Rangers have their hand on the chain as opposed to Sports Direct having their hand on the chain and that chain being around our neck. We now have the power, we've got a better deal with a better company, we've got a better sense of who we are and who actually want to see us do well as opposed to uh, a labour camp that happens to sell discounted Donny stuff. So just don't go into it, just don't buy from them. You can get it for the same price for, from other places and be quite sure that one, the money is definitely flowing back to the club and two, your morals aren't being tainted uh, or being questioned by having to, to buy things from a guy who's been questioned by you know, a parliamentary select committee, is on a watch list in terms of UK high uh, uh, stores, has had numerous complaints about the treatment of his workers. So this is bigger than Rangers um, in terms of that Sports Direct stuff. And I need to make sure that I just say, I'm pretty certain about all of that, but let me just caveat with it with an, an allegedly uh, as well, because we do know that the lawyers like to watch things. So yeah, there we go. Simple message, don't be a mug, buy direct. The only uh, thing we, sh- we should say, we should try and point out is there will be people who maybe don't uh, have access online or whatever at certain points. There'll be a certain time when somebody will have to walk into a sports direct shop to buy a Rangers top. That will inevitably happen, okay? Um, but we should point out that if you go in and buy that top at a sports direct shop, it's not going to be a hate in the pound that Rangers receive yeah. from that. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Martin. It's a, it's a good a good catch there and a good, a good point to, to reiterate because yeah, circumstances mean that some people will buy it from sports direct and that's absolutely fine. Fully understand circumstances, not having a pop at those people. But if you can use the other choices. Yeah, if you can, it. just don't, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. With the deal that is now in place, you know, you're not buying a 60 pound jersey or whatever and Rangers are getting, you know, 10 pence. It's mm-hmm. not like that anymore. It's light years away from that. It's a, it's a good retail deal that Rangers now have. And we get a, a you know a maximum uh, retained royalties for for not only the strips but all merchandise that uh, essentially will be sold that's branded with the club and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, just to w- want to clarify that uh, that's a good catch, Martin. That uh, don't feel bad if you do get forced uh, because yeah, yeah. money does still come back to the club. But please, that's... please do try and buy direct or for <laughs> you. You won't be judged by me. You will be judged by Tommy. I, I, as much as I get to um, secretly snoop on the entire UK population, then I will judge. I will judge you for whatever you do. 
Right, so uh, I will just say one more quick thing. Um, no matter what you think of Ashley and his company, they always, they're good at getting just that wee last dig in there, aren't they? They're really good at it. Yeah, do you know, I'm not going to wax lyrical about it either, right? But there was a point in time when Mike actually was a good businessman. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't come from one little sports shop to having that empire of nothing. It's great to seeing a deal for a, a brand and then getting in quick. You've seen with Frasers, for example, mm-hmm. um, who you now owns the Frasers Group and stuff like that. Getting in quick, buying it a low, and then re- revamping or rebranding and turning it into mass purchase type of scenarios. And you've got all your brands in there, like Donny, Slazenger, um, Dunlop, you know, all traditional British brands, so to speak. Uh, Caramel, I think, is in there as well. Mm-hmm. The outdoor uh, hill walking gear. Um, but yeah, it's just a case of yeah they don't they don't let go in terms of we've seen the litigation we've seen the uh, the ongoing matching clause discussions we've seen this little tweet as well which was designed purely as a torpedo. There's no that was a, yeah, it was a wind up merchant. Yeah, a wind up or a, I think that you know whatever the kids call it is it trolling? I think it's trolling. Aye, whatever, you know, isn't just on the screen, by the way, it really is great. Uh, aye, so we, we get trolled, we get caught, the PR team get caught with their pants down. It happens, we move on, because structurally it doesn't really mean anything. We know that we're leaving them behind, and that's probably, you know, it's a... Uh, it's the party moving... type of thing, you, you wish them all the best, but you, you keep going. Um, the only other kind of part to that was just to re-clarify, you know, they had the chance to match it with customers. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't. So that's it. They're left in the background now. We don't have to worry about any further litigation as far as I'm led to believe by the club. That's it. We move on. Let's not, let's not mention them ever again. And moving on is a nice little segue to move on to the next... <laughs> next topic. Oh, <laughs> every week, every week. Um, we were talking when we were discussing the, the strips there, we we're talking about people's current finances and stuff as well. Yeah. Um, and we're going to move on to season tickets. And uh, I've sold over 40,000 season tickets when I think we're pretty much guaranteed at least that we're going to miss the start of the season um, fan wise, being able to go to the stadium. Um, if not, Quite possibly the full season, but we, obviously we don't know yet. But to sell forty thousand season tickets, when again I believe that certain other clubs haven't sold anywhere near that, is is quite phenomenal. Uh, yes, yeah, so if you look at that in that landscape, three million up front from Castor to twenty thousand, uh, I think, and growing my jails accounts over forty thousand season tickets. Um, it's a great landscape to be in. You know, ten million pound funding gap. Uh, covered uh, investors willing to to stump up and make sure their commitments are honoured, uh, even in a, a global pandemic. It's all good news. You, you might be, you know, uh, you'd be forgiven for missing that in some of the reporting in the in Scotland. But it almost sounds like Rangers are, you know, uh, out there making sure that all the lights are off, so nobody's, you know, costing extra money or uh, asking fans to stump up extra donations and stuff like that. No, we've bought season tickets because that's the right thing to do. It does say something about the Rangers support that it's a four, over forty thousand season tickets on the the promise of getting nothing, <laughs> getting nothing <laughs> yeah. on it in terms, in terms of match day going to the to the stadium. That's not nothing because there's enhanced match day experiences. There'll be a virtual season ticket. 
there'll be all that. But in terms of going to the games and stuff, um, I personally just try to think with the UK government and the Scottish executives' positions on their deployment and responses to COVID-19 and certainly the worry of the R rate and a second spike and localised spiking and stuff like that as well. Probably, I'd be surprised if you saw any anything other than the minimum of attendance at games any side of October. Yeah. Uh, and possibly, possibly later. You need to remember as well as we enter the, as we cycle through July and August, that's essentially your, your uh, summer months. And then you're into September, it starts to cool down. You start to enter flu season. Mm-hmm. And then you start to enter a potential second spike anyway because of the incubation period of COVID-19 and the transmission stuff and all that as well. So, uh, And with the easing of restrictions as we're currently happening as well. So there'll be, there'll be mandatory shielding, uh, some level of COVID-19 related um, conditions and concerns uh, and responses for you know, probably the best part of 12 months anyway. But I'd be surprised if you see football games being attended by the likes of us anytime this side of uh, October and I might just actually be in a pinch push that out to November. Well, that, there was there was already talk as well about um, postponing the first Old Forum game, wasn't there? So that they could eventually have it with with fans yeah. and stuff like that, you know. But uh, well, listen, we'll get on to that in a, in a future <laughs> podcast. Um, just very quickly then on the, the MyJers as well, over 20,000 um, MyJers uh, memberships. And you were talking about earlier on in the pod about when you were buying your shirt, the kind of, for that point of view, the major was about a waste of money. Um, what did you mean by that? Well, I just, uh, well, I, not a waste of money because I know that there is a, well, there's a value to the club, so I'm always happy to give, give money to the club. And I think people were just disappointed that there was an expectation, and again, this maybe goes back to the message that was deployed by the PR team, but there was a, an expectation that would be slightly more within the preview uh, email that was supposed to come out it didn't deliver to everybody on time as well essentially all it was was buy my gels and get a get a, a video uh, yeah. and, a, and a link which could actually be transferred to other people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, um but it, in, in rangers defense as well people were talking about oh well what does this get me points wise for buying the jersey but buying kit wasn't on the official list of points yeah 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 it can be gotten so in rangers defense that was never the case anyway and so people maybe were just a little bit mistaken with that. But I think the deployment of the message and the deployment of the email and that type of thing, I think people maybe just were just allowed to, conf- well, inflate what they thought my jails was going to deliver uh, at uh, 8 a.m. Uh, that morning in terms of, uh, in terms of we're all hunched over our, uh, our uh, laptops, tablets, mobiles, desperately refreshing our email clients, waiting for waiting for the email to come in, but I, so I just thought that that was, that, that was, yeah, it just didn't land massively well with some of the support, and I think, you know, that's a reasonable, a reasonable thing to say to the club. It's actually just, whilst, whilst we're on this, you've reminded me of something that I, I wanted to say anyway, which was the Sports Direct gaff thing, the MyJR stuff, all of that, but particularly the Sports Direct thing. I, I'm a man of my word. I said, let's never speak of them again, and then I brought them back up. Um, I'd never said in any podcast that I wasn't an advocate. So it was interesting. I think I'd said this on social media as well, which was it was a, a reasonably big test for fan-led media. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a difference there between 
fan like media, people like ourselves and you know, four lads and all that type of stuff. And fans and fans' voice. Mm. And so, you know, I don't think fan media can really take any credit for Rangers putting out a statement about Sports Direct. Uh, there was enough fans' voices, independent fans' voices, shouting yeah. about that type of thing. And people should remember as well, fan-led media is just the, the, you know, the kind of tip of that spear. We all just have a conversation about the club because we are just fans as well. So, you know, there's no differential between people doing fan-led media to any great degree and, and uh, just people watching the games and all that. We're all, in this, we're all in this very much together. There should never be a who's better or who's got, you know, uh, more access and that type of stuff. We're all we're all one big family, and I think all the other fan led media outlets would would probably echo that as well. But it was a test in terms of would there be a challenge, or would people just wait to be spoon fed, you know, what the club told them, uh, and then regurgitate that narrative to a certain extent. Uh, I, I think Rangers, you know, as a fan group, did quite well to to chase down and wait for some some clarity from the club and then dissect that. Um, I think then you got into some diff- different opinions of, well, actually, this was all overly fine. And then some people still being a little bit rankled because, you know, Rangers maybe should have had a word in Castorzia to say, given the history, mm-hmm. people before people before profit and maybe we just don't want to have anything to do with SD. But I, I understand the commercial concern there, absolutely. But I just want, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that, that fan media part as well. I was fairly, I was reasonably comforted by the response of fan, or certain sections of fan media, in terms of going back to the club and and, and challenging, and mm-hmm. then being fairly fairly open in, in the criticism as well, because yeah, that's the type of thing whereby we need to be quite clear that you know fan media still has to retain some level of relationship with the club, much like regular media does as well, and it's in those moments where you get to see, can we strip away our love of the club and be objective uh, and it was it was quite uh, it's quite comforting to see the minute any sort of fan media stops becoming objective then fans just stop tuning in so there's no if you want your if you want your fan-led medias to be uh, successful is not the right word because certainly we don't make any money off of doing this we just simply do this because we're fans um, but if you, you, you don't your, I'm, I'm making i'm yeah. selling everything Obviously. Yeah, you you make money obviously because you're a, you're already a multi millionaire, you know. Um, <laughs> Don't tell anybody. <laughs> but if you want me, your, where have I where have I put the money? I have no idea. Well, sorry, that was a conversation I was having with you. But anyway, um, <laughs> she's got the money. That's, that's, yeah. that's exactly right. That's exactly. Right. Um, but if you want your fan led media to be successful in any way, as in you want your you want supporters to tune in and listen to what you've got to say, if you're not willing to criticise the club when it deserves it. That, which is important. You can't just criticise the club when you feel like criticising the club. When it deserves to be criticised, you have to do it. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree with all that. And that's why I say, you know, I was, I was comforted. I think there were some really good positions taken by by the you know the fan media groups, let's say, that, that are associated with Rangers. And there were some challenging questions. And then there was some, some deeper conversations. And then the narrative came out from the club and that was digested and then you know kind of spilled out um that's 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 no bad thing and that's all good to see but it lay it led with some tough questioning mm-hmm. which is well reasonably tough questioning let's let's not over it but reasonably tough questioning and we got ourselves in there and like i said behind all that there was just you know, there was fans who just don't happen to be attached to a podcast or a blog or anything like that who we are still asking the exact same questions rangers couldn't have walked by this 
you know, no. even if fans didn't exist, they would have had to have answered it. And yeah, it was it was extremely comforting. I think uh, it's it's good to know that that's that's where we are in terms of the fan media landscape, and include ourselves in that. Obviously, uh, it's it's heartening to see, and I think it was a reasonably, I would probably say, the first big test. Uh, of this new good feeling with the club because we're all we've all got a good feeling about the club right now. This yeah. isn't the Charles Green times and all that type of thing. Uh, so yeah, it was nice to see some relationships being tested. And just quickly on the fan-led media as well. I just just before we started, I watched the press conference that Gary McAllister had done, and it was good to see yeah. um, Stevie from Four Lads and David from Heart and Hand. Being, I know they were given access before, but we haven't done a podcast since it's since they've had access. But it's good to see fan-led media having access to be able to speak to the players and the managers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. We, we didn't have a, we had a gap of a week, so we, we never got a chance to touch on that. Absolutely brilliant. You know, that's exactly what, what we want. We want to see good, you know, fans representatives in there asking questions, getting, you know, closer to the club uh, and helping get the stories, get the stories out there so that we don't have agenda driven nonsense from, from mainstream media, which have shown that they can't be trusted to, to even deliver normal news correctly, as opposed to putting all sorts of spins on it. So yeah, long, long may that continue. That, that's great news. There's no two ways about it. And uh, I'm not ever going to say again, this will be the last time I say it on the podcast, that um, we're running out of time. So I'm just going to close up with a tiny wee bit of transfer news, because I believe that you're brother-in-law had some harsh criticisms from me. We didn't have harsh criticism for you. You just kept wondering why you said, well, we need to finish up. Uh, now, I fully understand that after the best part of 40 minutes, people might, of listening to my voice, people might very well need <laughs> to finish up. Right? I, I, I listen, I totally get that. Um, but, yeah, that was the only question, whereas we could we could do this all night. But, yeah, anyway, let's, uh, let's go on your transfer news and then let me get back to coughing up my coughing up my lungs hey, just really quickly then John McLaughlin signed um, I know this is, a, this is kind of old news because we had that wee break but I want to get your opinion on it anyway um, John McLaughlin signed is that simply just cover back up for McGregor or is it actually competition for him well it's, it's interesting I mean he played I think something like 78 77 79 times over two years for Sunderland and he's 32, I think he signed a two-year deal. So he's not owned by any goalkeeper standards. He's an imposing character, uh, and he's got a hell of a lot of experience. And so you would have naturally said, well, he's back up, because everybody sees Alan McGregor as being number one, and quite rightly so, because he is the number one. He's the holder of the jersey. But anything can happen in pre-season. And uh, it was interesting when he signed, because... Stephen Gerrard had mentioned that he was challenging. For, he was there to challenge. Yeah, I heard and that. And yeah. it, it may be that, you know, Stephen genuinely believes that and that's a message that's been sold to John as well. And I'm sure he's in there and he's in the thinking and it's on merit and all that type of thing. Beyond the no illusions, however, Alan McGregor starts uh, pre-season as the number one holder of that jersey and I would be absolutely stunned if he is in between the sticks when the first game kicks off. Yeah, listen, I've seen quite a lot of John McLaughlin, especially when he was at Hearts as well, when he was a bit younger. Um, yep. And I think it was the Sunderland documentaries. I've seen him a wee bit in them. And he, don't get me wrong, the guy's a really good goalkeeper and he looks mental. So that can only put him in good stead for being a good goalkeeper. But yeah, 
Alan McGregor's the number one. There's no question about that. He's simply been brought in. And I suppose the question I would ask is, from what you've seen of him, would you feel comfortable with him um, being number one if, for any reason, McGregor gets injured? Would you be happy with him between the sticks? Mm, long long yeah. term, long term. Mm, I think he needs to show that. I, I always have the same with any player, but I think it's particularly with strikers and goalkeepers, right? That, uh, well, strikers in particular, let's focus on one thing at a time. Mm. Particularly with goalkeepers, that you can look phenomenal, but Rangers are a totally different beast. So if I think of John McLaughlin, and I'm trying to do this reasonably off the top of my head here, what you're looking at, I think Bradford's hearts, Burton Albion might be in there, uh, and then Sunderland, right? So with all due respect to those clubs, ain't none of them anywhere near the size of the range of Rangers or the expectation of Rangers. So like I said, with keepers, it's always great. And you can always look great with smaller clubs because you're making lots more saves and that type of thing. John McLaughlin's big test is, can he do it for Rangers when they control the ball for 93 minutes and he does nothing? And he has to pull out a world-class save in the 94th. That's where a Rangers keeper makes their name. Mm-hmm. Because our keepers are, by and large, not that tested. But when they are, they're expected to keep everything out. That's a mile away from being the Sunderland keeper. It's six miles away from being the Burton keeper. And it's probably 100 miles away from being a hearts keeper. So <laughs> uh, that's, that's what I mean. It's that mentality piece. And that's what sets the sets the perception of the Rangers fans around about you as well. You don't get away with saying, ah, but I made three good saves. Ah, but you let two in, we could beat 2-1. Yeah. That doesn't wash. And so that's the question that John McLaughlin will need to answer. So your answer is, I'm reserving judgment? Uh, well, God, no, I, I never like to sit on the fence with anything. Uh, Nah, he's a bit part, he'll do his two years and he'll probably leave. There you go. Fair enough. And with McLaughlin coming in, Robbie McCrory pretty much guaranteed to begin back out and loan? Be stunned if he isn't. Uh, mm. He'll go either Championship down south or, or probably back into the, the, SPA, the SPL. Aye. I think you know, obviously the thing didn't work out because of COVID-19 came over the hill. Yeah. But he needs to be a number one for, for a, a season and have some expectation put on him and have some criticism and maybe make a few mistakes and bounce back. Rangers, quite clearly, um, you know, we know the stories uh, in the club that he is tipped to be the number one. He's doing the same track that, I said this the other week, that Al McGregor went himself, but he went out to places like Dunfermline and all that, made his name, came back, got the jersey. McCrory's not going to dislodge McGregor. He's not quite ready to have the number one mantle put on him. That's why McLaughlin's got a stopgap, right? Let's call a spade a spade. McCrory will go out and best case scenario, he comes back in and next season he gets his shot or worst case scenario was the season after that. I sense it would be next season. Depending on what Alan McGregor wants to do as well. But yeah, stunned if McCrory doesn't go back out on mode. Absolutely stunned if that doesn't happen. Right, and I uh, says to you before we started, uh, I gave you some players that we were going to talk about, and I said there's one that I'm not going to tell you about because I want your your initial facial reaction. Um, yeah, and I don't uh, like being surprised. Let me be quite well, clear. This, my my professional and personal life, I don't like surprises. This will be a surprise because I've, somebody posted it on Twitter as a question, and 
um, like 99% sure this would never happen anyway. But we've seen some financial troubles at Wigan, which, by the way, we know all about, and I sincerely hope that Wigan find their way out of the financial troubles. But that leaves, obviously, a lot of our players to maybe leave on a free or very, very cheap. And Wigan currently have a player by the name of Josh Windass. <laughs> now, would you take Josh Windass back on a free? No. 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 So I've got no doubt there is there is talent within Josh Windass. I don't think he's got the mentality. I don't think he's really cut out for Rangers. I actually don't think he'd add that much to this particular squad, in all honesty. He had his shot, didn't really work out. Let's remember as well that he he walked away from Steven Gerrard and walked away from Rangers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All those people yeah. talking about bringing him back on a free, maybe forget that wee, that wee bit there that he made that choice. He wasn't booted out the door, quite the opposite. So, no. Uh, and for a host of footballing reasons, I wouldn't have him anyway. Uh, I'm more interested in saying, so there's, there's your clear answer. No. And I'm more interested <laughs> in saying, uh, Wigan's a, you know, a, nice, a nice town with some really good, loyal fans, and it's uh, not, not the worst part of the country either. So I'm hopeful that the Wigan fans can pull their club out the mire. Um, yeah, best of luck to them. I, just, I think yeah, I understand the mentality thing. I totally agree with that. I don't think he's got the mentality to play up here. Um, but if you look at his stats, you know his, his stats are better than Ryan Kent's. I, I'm not knocking you, you know. You know, I'm I know, I know, I know. I, I completely agree. But he doesn't have the mentality um, to, to play up here. And like you say, he walked away. I don't know if that's completely true, but I'll, I'll let that go. Um, I, I th- well, he did. Let's be no. Let's be quite clear. If you disagree, no, uh, bring it out in the open. I'm, I'm, pre- I'm pretty did, sure he done an open goal interview, and he says no. He, he was. He, he didn't walk away. He wanted to stay, but situation made it untenable for him to stay. So that situation being that he expected to be a starter. Well, yeah, possibly there was. I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying you might not be right. Um, but no, but listen. Let me rephrase it back to you then, Martin. Right? No, because that's, that's a fair comment, right? That is a really fair comment, which I'll take on board. But let me phrase it back to you. Do you think the Rangers team is better or worse for not having Josh Windass in it right now? Oh, better. No, 100%. I agree with you. I don't think we should bring him back either. I just... Um, I just wanted to bring it up to see what you would say and thought I'd trip you up. <laughs> I managed to keep a really good poker face, to be honest with you, where I was, uh, I was thinking of just turning the laptop off. No, Josh Windass, <laughs> absolutely. I'd rather have... Oh, God, no, I won't. Right, uh, that's too much. I'll pull yeah, that back. Yeah. I'd rather have Brandon Barker, but no. <laughs> <laughs> you had that, you had that uh, axe murderer face on, which is quite scary. That's my usual face. That's my... Uh, <laughs> that's my um, Let's move on. Right, swiftly moving on to the next player, and he dyed his hair blue, he's changed all his pictures. He's basically screaming, please come and get me London Dykes. Um, for you, well, there's a, there's a few ways you could take this, right? First question is, is he good enough to be a rotational player, maybe come on, change a game, right? That's question one. Question two is, if we sell Alfie, right, um, and we don't bring anybody else in, we just have the four... Possibly Canberra and Lyndon Dykes. Is Lyndon Dykes good enough to be a starter for Rangers? Not right now, no. 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 I've said this before, so in that kind of hypothetical you're playing out there, if Morelos goes, somebody has to come in mm-hmm. to replace him. Somebody of equal quality has to come in to replace them because love Jermaine Defoe. He's not a, he's not a starter every game and he's not 
absolutely suited to the way that we always play the, the game in terms of the team setup. So that's a that that's the art. Florian Camberi's not um, he's not prolific. No. So you know that's that's not a not a start. Although I, I quite like him. Although I take the the argument that goes on social media between Rangers fans about mm, is he just was he just trying really hard mm-hmm. and was he a bit fitter and not as knackered from uh, that winter break as everybody else and that's why he looked good. And I thought there was some quality in there as well. Um, and then Dykes is yeah he is a, a guy that gives us something totally different if he was to sign and I'm not just talking about dodgy hairstyles because he, he's big he's physical like I've said before I think on this podcast as well he's actually a smarter player than I thought he runs the channels a wee bit better he's definitely a nuisance and a handful uh, and there's definitely some talent in there he'll want to be a Australian international and that type of thing uh, but he's not quite there yet and he's certainly not a lead the line your go-to striker at Rangers right now absolutely no he's, he's nowhere near that he's on the bench a handful of games in and then about try and rough it up that type of thing change it up a wee bit you know what I mean if Alfie was to go, a lot of that money, if not all of that money, would have to be ploughed back into another striker. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I 100% agree. And could that striker be Kemar Roof? Roofy, I don't well, know how to say his name. Let's just stick with that. Let's just stick with Roof. If nothing else, it's better than us both saying Roofy to each other. Well, well yeah. Which, <laughs> you know, which I don't think really lands particularly well with the, the Strybrook's lawyers. So let, let's stick to that. I mean, Kemar Roof's a... A really good player. I mean, he's only he's only 27, uh, and there somewhere he's cycled through a couple of clubs. You know, West Brom. I think there's some Colchester's and Oxford United and stuff like that. And he's really broken through, and he's came to people's prominence with that three-year spell at Leeds United. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's actually his goal ratio, if I recall correctly, wasn't amazing. I think something like 100 odd appearances and less than 30 goals. Mm-hmm. So let's be quite clear about that. It's just the end part of that where he really came to people's attention because he was banging them in, and he's carried that over to Anderlecht as well. Where I think it's something like uh, a goal every other game uh, for Anderlecht, 13, 13 games, six goals, something, something like that. In terms of you know being being banging them in, he was good under Bielsa at, at Leeds. Uh, like I said, you know how much of that was to do with Bielsa and the way that he was setting the team up is maybe up for discussion as well. The Belgian league has taken an absolute financial pounding mm-hmm. over COVID nineteen, and there is that feeling that there's just a fire sale over there. Yeah. So I think uh, some of the research was shown. I know, and some of the news stories kicking about that Rangers are de- Rangers are definitely interested, right? There, there we are. It would be silly not to be because he is a decent striker. Um, but it's just whether that's a no, he would actually be all right over there. It's a deep, deep interest. My understanding is there's been some contact and Anderlecht are looking for a sale. Rangers may be looking for more of a let's try before we buy type of thing. Um, but if he was to come in in that, or they're looking at that type of thing, that would make you think that Alfie is, maybe. Well, that was, I, was, I, was, I was just going to say that to you then. Do you think the only way that we bring him in is if we let Alfie go? Because the figures that I was seeing for him, um, I don't know if this was uh, pre-coronavirus, um, you were looking at between six and seven million for Roof. Now, Rangers yeah. aren't going to pay six. I don't know what, if it would, like you say, the Belgian leagues took a bit of a hit. I don't know if you'd be looking at, I don't know, something crazy about two or three million. But Rangers aren't going to pay two or three million for a striker that's going to sit on the bench. 
No, no, you're absolutely right. Um, although, you know, we've, we've paid quite a lot of money for Yanis Hadji and, and, and Ryan Kane, but as you say, they are starters. Mm. I think, you know, with something like um, four to five or mm. million euros, which is, I think, 3.6 million to 4.5 million pounds, uh, if my conversion rate's right in my mind. So in there somewhere, which you're absolutely right, that's not a small amount of money for Rangers. Mm-hmm. So you would think you know, if he's coming on board, then he's going to be a starter. He's also going to want to be a starter. I don't, you know, a, a guy like that's not coming across to by the way you're a bench warmer. Uh, so especially, especially in Scotland, he's not going to be a bench warmer in Scotland. Yeah, exactly. So unless you know, uh, Rangers are going to go two up top, which I I just don't see happening. Um, because that's not how the rest of our kind of team is set up. And that's not to say we might not do it in the odd game, but I don't think it's um, Steven Gerrard's goal to formation. You would think that he would expect to be coming in and getting the, the starters main mm-hmm. striker yeah. jersey. So that would mean that Alfie isn't there because nobody's under any illusions. I think Alfredo Morelos starts every game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, th- there we go. If somebody like that comes in the door, then I, you, you instantly look and go, all right, okay, is somebody selling a Lamborghini um, in Glasgow because they're, they're moving somewhere else? <laughs> was it surprising to you that Alfie wasn't at the kit launch? Or that, is, that, is, that, to, is that just a, a conspiracy theory thing? I tend not to read too much in, into that kind of kind of stuff, but I wouldn't go as far as calling it nonsense because it would make perfect sense. If you're about to sell somebody, you don't, you don't stick them in all your promotional material. Um, I'm always reminded, just get off the tangent, I'm always reminded uh, when people ask that type of thing of the guy that this is going back years ago for so so for any younger people um, may not get this particular reference, but when I think it was Andy Cole, it's Andy Cole, yeah, was Newcastle. playing from Newcastle, mm-hmm. and I remember the guy in the paper got a big with massive Andy tattoo. Cole tattoo, <laughs> and I think it was the next day he signed for Man United. Yeah, um, and oh, that was horrendous. So it makes sense that you don't, if you're going to sell somebody, you don't stick them in the, you don't stick them in the promotional material. But I tend not to read the tea leaves too much on that because a whole host of other things. Yeah. Um, that, that said, has Alfredo Morelos ever been the face of any of our marketing material? Uh, Maybe some posters? I, I don't actually know. No. Maybe some stuff on the website and stuff like that, but like I say, yeah. I'm not too sure. But, um, Finally, then, on a man who is called Bogani Zungu. Did I get that right? Uh, I think I think you actually, I think you might have done it. Um, I think it's yeah. I'm, I'm you know what, your, your stab at it's as good as as good as mine. I'll go with Bongani Zungu as well. That, that's spot on. Just quickly before we discuss him, um, he's a central defensive midfielder. Now we have currently Glenn Kamara and Ross McCrory. Ross McCrory coming back into the team hopefully after his loan spell at Portsmouth you've also got Ryan Jack who can maybe fill in at that position but you kind of like to see Ryan Jack a wee bit further forward but he's 27, he's going to be at least 4 million 4.5 million pounds so if we're signing, if we're signing him what's that saying about A. Ross McCrory and B. Glenn Kamara well, Glenn Kamara is another one that's uh, so. Uh, I think Zungu is at uh, Amiens. Uh, Ami, in, in Ami, Ami, Amiens. Uh, Amiens. Soft <laughs> eye. Uh, 
Um, again, I have absolutely no bloody idea if that's. <laughs> I'm never going to let you. I'm never going to let you get one over me. Um, so uh, it plays for that French club and um, and 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 uh, yeah, as you say, central central midfielder. What what does it say? You still get that feeling that Ross McCoy's right on the fringe. And it could go either way mm-hmm. in terms of he could find himself told that it's not quite quite going to work for him. Uh, I think there's still hopes that he can pull it back. But um, I mean, again, Zungu's Zungu's 27. Yeah. So it's not it's not as if he's a really really young man. He's coming into that kind of prime of that midfield life. I think the question probably in my mind is if he was to come in. And let's say you've still got hopes of rehabilitating Ross McCrory. Does that mean that um, Kamara is going to get sold to get the profit? Sorry, sorry, no, I was going to say, he, yeah, you'd have to say if he's coming in, then either McCrory or Kamara, one of the two is definitely leaving. Because the squad, if we, if we look at the squad just now, we are quite bloated in quite a lot of positions, you know. We're maybe settled. Yep. We're settled in defence. Maybe, maybe we need to cover it right back. We've got Calvin Bassey in to do left back. We've got the two goalkeepers. We've got our central defenders. But in the wide positions, more so obviously on the left, we're really overstocked in the left, yep. um, and we're we're quite well stocked in the middle of the park as well. So if we're bringing in this boy again, the wage bill is just going to keep creeping up, creeping up, creeping up. So you have to say you're looking at, at least. Glenn Kamara or Ross McCrory leaving if this boy does come in. Uh, yeah, don't, I don't disagree with any of that. I think uh, both Ross Wilson and Stephen Gerrard have been pretty clear in terms of, okay, people will leave and we'll trim the squad because it needs to be quality and we want a quality tight squad with everybody being able to go in immediately and no kind of weak links. So, you know, we saw some of that with the John Flanagan's and all that type of leaving. Best yeah. of luck to them, they're all doing a great job, but, you know, out they go. So, you know, the players that we're talking about there, like a Kmart Roof or Zungu, the expectation would be that they might not be coming in to replace people immediately, but they're expected to be pushing really hard and drop into the, the you know, the, the first team seamlessly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if, if you're bringing in a midfielder, then you need to look about and say, who's not, who's not going to make it? The only thing I'd probably add is, could you carry it for another season? Because I'm not entirely sure I see anything beyond this season for Stephen Davis. Well, yeah, there's always that as well. But he has been given a, a new extension to his contract, hasn't he? Um, yeah, but listen, but I just mean in terms of, I mean in terms of game of, time. Just yeah, 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 yeah. Actually playing. So you look at that and you say, well, what's your actual rotating core of your midfield right now? It's Stephen Davis, Glenn Kamara, Ryan Jack. That's the rotating core. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I'm happy to take challenge on that. But I'm just tri- you threw me there naming players now. It's been that long. Maybe Scott Arfield in there. I don't know. Is he more out wide? No. That's where you start to get into different things. Do you play Scott yeah. Arfield forward? Intelligence. What about Joe Rebo? He always sit as well. Could you make a second with him? Uh, so there's some questions in there. But you know, Zungu seems like a fully formed midfielder ready to come in and drop in and do a job, which. You would naturally maybe think that that sounds like a Kamara. Um, mm-hmm. I won't lie and say that I'm fully versed in Zungu's uh, technical abilities or his passing range. If that was really stellar and he could dictate a game from deep, then you would say Stephen Davis is in trouble. Yeah. 
because if Sungu can do it and be fresher, then he does it. So, yeah, just need to get a wee bit closer to that. But, yeah, definitely, if you're going to bring in another midfielder, you start looking at uh, or an Unless you're saying he's another central midfielder and we want to really have three or four central midfielders and the rest are playing for slightly forward or evolved positions like in our field, like in Arrigo, that type of thing. And then you've got your Haji as well, yeah. sitting in <laughs> front uh, of the midfield. So yeah. it's important to see what the team looks like. Not unless he's just going to bring in a whole host of players in case he shit hits the fan in January again. Or whenever the January yeah. will be of, this, of next season. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that's a good point. Yeah, but you, we can't. You know, we can't keep doing that. Uh, the yeah. whole point was, you know, the panic, not the panic button, but the, the bring them in button was uh, hit last season. And we ended up with people like, you know, Brandon Barker and Jordan Jones. And, uh, you know, I generally have a kick at Brandon Barker, right? I'm not going to do it this week. I'm going to say, you know, all those guys are trying their best, right? But ultimately, we've had to move people out. Which is, you know, Rangers have been quite smart as well with a lot of this because you find that none of those players have actually got long contracts. It's two years at best type of mm-hmm. type of thing. So they cycle through the, quick, the system really quickly. You know, guys like John Flanagan come in, do a job, help us out. Uh, for a triage perspective, second season, you probably won't pay that much and then you're away. You know, yes. And they're all free transfers, essentially. So, um, yeah, you would think that if Bungu, uh, sorry, Bungu is, is that amount of money is spoken about, going to be some sort of starter, starter definitely. right in there yeah but listen tommy that will do is this week um it was supposed to be a mini zone mini zone whatever you call yeah. it <laughs> um but i'm just looking yeah. at the time that's not really worked out for us has it um but listen for anybody watching oh. listening um if you can get yourselves over to uh, youtube uh, give us a like subscribe but more importantly Comment, let us know what you think, if you agree, if you disagree. Even leave us comments on where you, if you would like to see any different segments from us as well. Um, the podcast now goes up on Facebook as well, so go over there and leave a like. Um, but uh, Tommy, listen, I know you've got to get back to your work because uh, I, I might take the piss and say you're a millionaire, but you're a millionaire who still works. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't tell my bosses because they'd probably challenge that that work ethic. But uh, yeah, crises around the globe, and somebody has to somebody has to sort them. Uh, I would say as well, just just in closing, um, yeah, so much for a, a, a mini sode. I just had a really good example of how long I do talk for. But um, just just on that kind of commenting piece as well, just feel free, listeners, to come on and just say that Tommy's right because that's natural. <laughs> just be with me. And and then that helps me build a case of evidence to to slowly wedge Martin out of the way, and this will just become a, a video monologue of me t- telling you things that grind my gears <laughs> on, a, on a daily basis. Also, to well, the thank guys, you very much for, thanks for having me, Martin. No, not a problem. It's your, the last time you'll be appearing. Um, also, to the guys <laughs> who sent in their my jazz teams. Once we've got Scott and Wally back, and it's all of us, we will go through them definitely, one hundred percent. But um, I. But again, and Tommy, uh, listen, thank you. We need William and Scott back. No, but it's more work for me and you. You know, if it's just me and you. Oh, this was seamless tonight, Martin. This was seamless. I know, but if this goes too well, then we might have to sack Scott and Molly. So, mm, I'll have a chat with the This Is Ibrooks lawyers and see what their severance <laughs> packages look like. Uh, but I, I'm certain that we could, we could just rotate and get listeners on instead. <laughs> Uh, before, before we talk any more shit, Toby, um, thanks very much.
Yeah. <laughs>